Hi guys, welcome back to Let's Talk About It. I'm Megan. And I'm Jackie. And today we're here with Danielle. <laughs> so I know Danielle from church. She is the wife of my pastor. Uh, we've known each other since 2016, I think. Yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, she was part of the team that did our premarital counseling, <laughs> her and her husband, uh, for John and I. So we're super excited to have her come on and talk about shame. But before we kind of get into that, Danielle, could you just kind of introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, I'm Danielle. I am, I don't know, I have a lot of different roles, but I always like to start off with I'm a daughter of Jesus because my story, which we'll probably touch on, has a lot to do with um, me not believing that for a long time. So it's really important for me to just start off with that. Um, I'm a pastor's wife, um, which is really funny because I never thought that I would be one. <laughs> well, actually I did, I just didn't want to be. Um, I am a wife, mother, I have a bonus son, I'm a stepmom. I am a life coach, a fellow podcaster. Uh, I write and I do the women's ministry at our church with you and that's that's what I do. And as far as life coaching, I help women. I teach them how to um, ab align with God's purposes for their lives and then abide in Christ, teaching them how to abide in Christ. So so you, said, you mentioned you were also a podcaster. Yes. And we love Danielle's podcast. We'll leave it linked below. You should go listen. <laughs> um, but it's called Unashamed and Free. So yes. what inspired you to start your podcast? Ooh, well, um, it kind of started when we planted the church back in 2016 yeah i have to think about my youngest son and i was really struggling with just being a mom and not liking it and feeling a lot of shame around it of like why don't i enjoy this why do i have strong emotions about my children and uh also really struggling with the fact that god was putting me in this position to be a pastor's wife. And it's something that I know that I've been called to since I was like 19 and I've been running from it. But so I am this mom with two young kids. And when we started the church, I had just had Judah. He is like two weeks into the church. I delivered him, which was crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. A lot going on. A lot going on. <laughs> so I, um, I just had all these emotions then not wanting to be a pastor's wife and then feeling this pressure of living, needing to act a certain way. Mm -hmm. And then also my dad, I have, um, my dad abandoned me when I was in the second grade. And there's all these emotions were coming up about him and another father figure in my life, we were having tension. So all of that was happening. And I felt like when I would try to talk to people they were looking at me like I was dumb. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of my community was my church. So I, I would get actually comments from people like, I shouldn't be feeling this way or like judgment. And I'm like, well, screw the fact that I'm a pastor's wife, I'm a Christian and I, I can't be the only one. Mm -hmm. So it kind of came out of me just being like, you know, you have your podcast is let's talk about it. It was kind of similar. like. Could someone talk? Like, I want to talk about this. Yeah. I cannot be the only one dealing with this. So, which is so crazy when you deal with shame. <laughs> I, I was like, 
I don't want to share my shame, but it was killing me. And I'm like, I need to talk about it. And, and it, it was actually kind of there. It was like my therapy. Yeah. So that's how the podcast started. I love that because, yeah. I mean, that's kind of our heart behind this. Um, mm-hmm. But I also just think your experience of like going through those emotions and going through kind of like wrestling with like, okay, I'm, I'm feeling these different things. I'm struggling in these areas. And then going to people and kind of experiencing shame even from them. Yes. Like placing mm-hmm. it on you. And so an area that is already vulnerable exactly. where mm-hmm. you're struggling and then to have people sort of not welcome you or accept where you're at yes um can be really hard and damaging um so before we get to the free portion yes could you maybe kind of like define like what is shame like what's going on there yeah so shame is a negative kind of evaluation of yourself it's um just i am bad like the focus Mm. on um your lack of self-worth and a lot of people may not know this woman, but Brene Brown is kind of like a leading expert on shame. And I wanted to share one of her definitions, her definition of shame, but I kind of want to expound on it through a biblical lens, yeah. if I can. Um, so she defines shame as this intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we're flawed or and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. So it's something we've experienced, done, or failed to do makes us unworthy of connection. Mm. And I really, I, I do agree with, with that. Um, but I think when you put on a biblical lens, you we really are flawed. <laughs> we are sinners. And because of um, the fall in Genesis 3, where God, when he created man and he created Eve, woman too, Adam and Eve, they had this perfect life, but then sin enters in when satan tempts them with um the fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and that's when sin sin enters and therefore shame and i love always bringing people back to genesis 3 to understand shame because they were naked and i love like going through the story with my kids because they're like they were naked (laughs) and i'm like yes that's how god intended us Mm -hmm. and they weren't even aware of their nakedness until that sin came Mm -hmm. through and um just in preparation for this question i was think i just kind of googled and biblestudytools.com talks about how shame is just the consequence of sin that's yeah. just it's just a consequence that has come from the fall and mm-hmm. in, and how that um shame emphasizes sin's effect on our self-identity mm-hmm. and shame can play out in a lot of different ways sometimes you might not have sinned maybe you were abused or something like that and then there was this sin done to you mm-hmm. and then you're feeling shame about who you are and your identity so that's what I would say shame is and the beauty of Christ and in Christ he's given us a new identity and freed us from that shame and that awareness of our nakedness and has brought worthiness to us even through our flaws yeah i liked in the definition how it said that shame makes you feel like you're not worthy of connection Mm -hmm. and i just went on a healing retreat and they talked a lot about how healing a lot of the ways that you find healing is in community and coming in more full communion with your your own identity with others with god ultimately with the trinity and how it's interesting when you would go to people in your church and say like I'm dealing with this they would kind of um, tell you to hide it or like bring it more in and like go look inward on yourself which is the exact opposite of how to deal with shame exactly Um, because shame already makes you want to hide and look in on yourself which Mm -hmm. further and isolate and further 
it's like a vicious cycle. Yeah. So it only propels shame, increases shame. Um, and that's an unfortunate part of our church culture, as I think, is that we're supposed to put on this pretty face and yeah. act like we don't struggle with anything. But we do. Yeah, and we really do, all we of do. us. Yeah. And it's and it's okay. And I thought about, Jackie, when you were talking about like the, the trick of Satan in the, in the mm-hmm. fall of breaking that connection yeah. between the Lord. Mm-hmm. And here's the beautiful thing about God. Even though that connection was broken, and Adam and Eve, they hide. Mm-hmm. They hear God coming. They hide in their nakedness. But God doesn't stop connecting with them. He's like, where are you? Yeah, Who told exactly. you you were naked? He continues this conversation. And even though there's consequences for their sin and they have to leave the garden, mm-hmm. there's still this redemption plan that God put into place through Christ. And like, even I'm like amazed. I was reading um, about Cain and Abel. And I'm like, oh, God was talking to them. Yeah. Like he didn't yeah. forsake their children. Mm-hmm. Like he was still connecting. And I think that Satan would have us think wherever the shame comes from, like there is no, we we don't, we are not able, we're not worthy of connection. Exactly. And it's like, no, God created us and we were, we were made for him to worship him. And we need to reconnect but shame like you said it's like this cycle it just keeps you in the dark yeah just makes you feel like i'm dirty i'm bad i don't want to be seen and god's yes. like no i want to see you i, I want to come into you. your wounds i want to heal you i'm not afraid of your wounds yeah you know yeah the devil wants to lie to us um so we all experience shame on our lives because of sin um what are some areas that you've experienced shame in your own life oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> So I think for me, my shame stems from my abandonment Mm -hmm. from my dad because my dad was very active in my life um, when I was a little girl up until the second grade, I believe. And uh, he was all I remember of him. It was being a good father. He I didn't I didn't feel unloved in any way, shape or form, but he kind of abruptly left and my and the other part of my story too is my dad was a lot older than my mom my mom was a teenage parent she was 15 my dad I think was like 28 (laughs) so it's like a huge gap and um so he left and that really as a child I couldn't make sense of that's his problem this is something that he did wrong I took it as like I Mm-hmm. I caused this. Like, I wasn't good enough because he had another wife. Well, he never got married to my mom. Let me clarify that. But he got married, and he had my my one brother. So I was just like, why am I not good enough? Like, what? why am I not worthy of his love? So that uh, started that. And then when I was, uh, I don't know how old I was, but I was exposed to pornography at a really young age. Like, I just remember... Like my family being gone and then seeing it on TV and then liking it, but also feeling dirty. Like no one had ever sat down with me and was like, this is sex. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden I'm seeing this, all these images and desiring it. And then actually just like waiting for people to leave the house so I could watch it again. So it became this thing and it's the grace of God. Like I wasn't even a Christian. I don't know how like the Lord broke it. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I don't know when it stopped, but I just was like, this is wrong. I can't do it. Even though no one sat down with me and was like, this is wrong. I just had a lot of like dirtiness and, and everything. So anyway, 
the shame progressed. Um, I think I had a lot of shame too about being a product of a teenage mom and my mm-hmm. dad wasn't there. And I had his last name, it's very French. <laughs> Because my dad is Haitian, and just that reminder when people would be like, oh, what, what is your last name? And, oh, that's from my dad. And then having to tell, like, oh, he's not really there, having that conversation progress. Mm-hmm. And then when I was 15, he decided to surprise me for Christmas Eve, like, unannounced, and it was terrible. Oh, so, like, yeah. all these emotions that I had that I had suppressed – just bubble to the surface and had you seen him before then i know i talked to him throughout the years on the phone but from second grade i've seen my dad in person i'm 36 i think five times and and the lord has done like an amazing work in that relationship but it was when i was when he left 15 my wedding and then he came to Chicago a couple years ago, and then I went to Florida to see him. Mm. So that's that's a a lot. It's but not a lot, but, but especially that's like, very jarring to go from second grade to fifteen to fifteen. So how I dealt with it was really it sounds crazy, but I just stopped. I hadn't had sex at that point, but I was like so hurt and. Um, I was just like, why did he do this to me? And why does he, why can he just come and surprise me and then leave and yeah. leave me like I'm broken? And I remember a lot of my friends had like serious relationships that, which I thought were dumb. I was like, we're in the 10th grade, y'all. Yeah. What, is, what is going on? But I remember like going to a party and then some guy that I, I wasn't even attracted to him, but just being like so hurt that I didn't want to, I just wanted to numb out. Mm-hmm. So then I just like started having a lot of sex and being promiscuous. And that brought on more shame because it was something that I was hiding. I didn't really want to do it. Um, I was only wanted for my body. It wasn't real relationship, real connection. So that that started the, the cycle um, for me. So those are some areas of shame. Um, pre-Christ and then in Christ I think I still carried that shame of at times falling back into sexual sin and just being like I should know better I shouldn't be doing this Mm -hmm. and um feeling unworthy about it and then my weight change I've had a lot of like shame around my weight and I tying that to my identity and I think a lot of shame when I around that time when we start I started the podcast of feeling like I was wrong because other Christians were I remember like crying one day because we met at a high school and I just walked into church and I was like I can't do this and someone judging me for it they came back and like they were like apologizing they were like I judged you for that and I'm really sorry but it was like whoa you judged me and you had no idea that I was like struggling with some serious things so anyway that was long that's the long journey (laughs) Thank you for sharing that um, because I think people can relate to that, I mean, in different ways. And I think your story of kind of like what what you were saying with like shame placed on you because yes. of someone, others, someone else's sin sort of led down this path, yes. right? You know, like your dad abandoning, abandoning you and you kind of 
taking on the burden of responsibility for that Mm -hmm. when it wasn't your fault you're a little second grader like it's never the kid's fault for a parent um relinquishing that responsibility when they should have taken that up um but then kind of like seeking out belonging and connection in ways that Mm -hmm. were harmful yes Mm -hmm. and only adding on to that shame i think we can all relate to that in different ways of we we don't like the feeling of shame Mm-mm. and we want to feel connected. We feel isolated. Yeah. We want, like, we need that as humans. Um, but when we go to other things other than the Lord, it just, add, it just piles on. Yeah. It and does. piles on. And I think, yeah, just you sharing that story, I, I'm, I'm glad you were willing to be vulnerable. Yeah. I, I think people can relate to that and understand that. Or if they didn't realize that that's really what was happening, that can be helpful yes. to know like, oh, that's what I'm doing. I'm seeking out belonging yes. from these other things. Can I add something to you? Like when you were, I, yeah, I didn't even realize at that moment that I was seeking out connection, but that's mm-hmm. what it was. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh, I'm not connecting with my dad. I wanna, I wanna feel something. And then because it was an illegitimate connection, because I can, you can only find true satisfaction and connection through Christ, I was just, going from like guy to guy <laughs> like yeah. and and this is like true true transparency oh gosh i remember like the first time i had sex and then uh within like a three it was less than six months i had like slept with that guy and then moved to one of his friends they were and then another friend and it was like what the heck are you doing girl mm-hmm. like what in the world where all these guys know each other they don't really want to treat you with respect they're hitting you up in the middle of the night just so you can have sex what is going on and that was like a wake-up call for me mm-hmm. where i'm like i don't know what my friends are doing i don't i don't know if you're acting like this is all fine and dandy but for me it wasn't it was crazy because i wasn't a christian at that time it was like one of the ways the lord drew me into true connection yeah yeah, it's interesting that you bring that up because I, the next question I was going to ask was how, like you, with you becoming a Christian, mm-hmm. how has shame played a role? And is shame a godly emotion for mm-hmm. Christians? Yeah. Because like you were saying before, like shame is the result of sin. It's, it's sort of the acknowledgement of the fall mm-hmm. on us. Yeah. But at the same time, if shame is feeling like we're not worthy of love, if shame is placing that on us, is that godly is that our new identity i would say no (laughs) i i mean i kind of was thinking about that i was like is this a i think that shame is a natural Mm -hmm. emotion as we saw that in the fall the 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 moment that they sinned they became aware of their nakedness and shame Mm -hmm. so i think it's natural and i don't think it's necessarily wrong to feel it Mm -hmm. but to say I would say this, I think your shame, instead of you saying to yourself, I'm so unworthy, I'm so unlovable, it's, I think it's a tool that God uses to draw us to himself. Yeah. That's yeah. what I think it is. Because you can operate in shame all by yourself and stay stuck in that. But really, I'm going to go back to Adam and Eve. The shame happened, God allowed it, but he was drawing them to himself. Come talk to me about this. Let's have a, a discussion. Mm-hmm. So I think that it's a tool that, just like with any tool, it could be good or bad. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, and I think for me, when I think back on 
when when I became a Christian, God was super gracious to me because I became a Christian when I was 16. So the Lord just like swept in on me. And I think um, just when you become a Christian, you're given a new identity and yeah. God, like God ascribes worth to you. Honestly, I'm going to back up too. when he create any person that's an image bearer of God has worth. He didn't yeah. waste his time creating human beings. Right. So there's worth right there. But then in Christ, there's this new identity and there is no shame. I think about what is in 2 Corinthians. Um, Therefore, anyone in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed and the, and the new has come. Yep. Yeah. So, yes, even though I, you know, a Christian will experience shame, it's how you, how the word you allow the Lord to deal with it and walk in, in your newness. Mm-hmm. That's you have to walk in your newness. What was the other question? There was like a two part question to that. No, I, I think that that kind of answered it because, like, what you were saying with like shame is a tool that God can use to draw us to Him. But I think on the same side, we can use shame as a way of not going to God. Mm-hmm. So yeah. for a lot of people, that's what like holds them back or there's a barrier Mm. you know like if we feel shameful if we do feel unworthy it's hard to accept grace and mercy and recognize that like god extending mercy to us is because we have shame Mm -hmm. (laughs) but also because we are made in the image of god and he does love us Mm -hmm. yeah i think a lot of times when you're in the dredges of shame it's hard to accept that like god still loves you yeah. Yeah. Like that Jesus came and died for us like at our worst. <laughs> we God didn't extend love to us like after Jesus died yeah. for us. After we had this like new hope and salvation. It was before. It was in the drudges of our sin when there was that that disconnection. He was still seeking after us. Yeah. It was him walking mm-hmm. in the garden and asking Adam, "Where are you?" Mhm. And I also love in that Genesis story, at the end, even though they're banished from the garden, which is a result of the fall of sin, yeah. like you can't be in relationship with me in the same way anymore. He still sacrifices for them. He kills an animal to make yes, clothing for him, for them. And that covering, I think, is such a beautiful picture of even though on this earth, on this side of heaven, we do have that shame. Mm. God covers us. He does. And we have to accept that. Mm -hmm. And so I think, yeah, it's like, I like what you're saying. It's a normal emotion. It's not wrong to feel it. But what it should do is it should push us and motivate us to go to God and to run towards him with Mm -hmm. that shame so that he can cover us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so many thoughts that came to mind. Um, I think that if we don't take it to God, then you can be really prideful. Yes. And I yes. And, and some people deal yeah. I mean there was times in my shame journey I didn't realize it was pride. Mm. Because yeah. I was like, "Oh, I feel I I I I I feel so bad. Mm-hmm. I'm filling the blank." And then when we refuse to to enter God's invitation to journey with us in our shame, we're just prideful in that in that point because you're just like, "I don't want your help." So it's like, I can deal with this on my own. I can deal exactly. with this on my yeah. own. And there's like this this lie of perfectionism too. That's why like Brene Brown, her definition, I wanted to kind of like um, expand on it. It's like, yeah, we are flawed, but sometimes shame, we want to get rid of like, I don't want to be flawed. We're always going to be flawed, but we're loved in the flaws. Yeah. Or we're not recognizing that the way 
that we overcome some of those flaws is by going to God, yeah. not by running away from him. Not like, running yeah. away. Like you were saying, like that freedom is found in Christ, in yes. that new identity, in, in what Jesus has done for us and that sanctification that he offers us. And if we're like, okay, I'll just like clean myself up quick and then I'll come to you. It's like, how are you, how are we expecting, like that's mm-hmm. prideful. How are yeah. we expecting to do that all on our own? Yeah. <laughs> we can't. We it's, talked about that in our healing episode yeah, too. It's, it's also prideful to think that you're too broken for God to heal you. So that's the other side of like, I, we can, it's almost seen as this like false sense of humility. Mm -hmm. It's actually prideful. Like I'm so dirty. I'm gross. I'm bad. Like I've been so sinful. Like, Oh, I need to, yeah, I'm the worst sinner. I need to go do all these things on my own. I'm just like, God, I'm too much for God to handle. And that's prideful to think that our, our sin is something God's never seen or it's too much for God to take care of. And we're more afraid of our sin than God is, or, you know, and it makes us hide ourselves more. And so that's another side of pride that I think it took a while for me to see because I thought I was being a good Christian Mm -hmm. by seeing where I was broken or wrong, but yeah. Or having a healthy hatred of sin. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And instead it was just like hating ourselves. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It wasn't hating the sin. It was hating you as a human being, Mm -hmm. not, the sin hate it was a hate the sin not the sin yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. which is so cliche but like kind of true mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um yeah. yeah and on that note like as christians we should feel badly for things that we do that are sinful obviously so um could you talk a little bit between like the difference between shame and then guilt yeah. Because it's good to have guilt for things that we've done wrong, but oh, yeah. it is different than shame. So if you could talk a little bit on that. Yeah. Um, shame is uh, back to like self. Like I'm going to use, this is not my example. It's from Brene Brown. <laughs> I'm just going to use hers where she uses a statement of like, I did something wrong. So shame is the focus on the I. Mm. Like you are wrong. Yeah. That's how you take it. Guilt is like more the behavior. Mm-hmm. I did something wrong. So guilt is like, um, I I know that uh, guilt is is more not I'm beating myself down mm-hmm. and who I am because I did this thing. I did this thing, so now I, I need to make it right mm-hmm. or I'm I'm feeling sorry about that. Does that yeah. make sense? Totally. Yeah. So that that's the difference, and you can see. You can see all through the Bible. I'm going to use um, Judas and Peter as an example. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Of like, Ju- they both portrayed Jesus in mm-hmm. different ways. Judas just flat out was like, how much does Sold it cost? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. He was like, and then Peter's like, I'm not going to deny you. And then he denies him three times. But then you see how when Judas realizes like, oh my gosh, this is what I've done. He has... He has some level of guilt, but he has a lot of shame. Mm. And instead of going back to to Jesus to try to make this right with Jesus, he then takes his life. Mm. But then you see Peter, who has a lot of guilt about it, and then God bringing redemption and him walking. um, I'm sure he probably had moments of shame, but then he Mm. moves from like shame and guilt and accepts the redemption from Jesus and then moves it forward. Mm. So that is an example that I think of with shame and guilt. Yeah. I love yeah. with Peter too. Cause I always think about this cause it was like really, it was like right at the moment of the crucifixion where he denies Jesus for the last time. And then he runs away. He abandons Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he experienced so much remorse mm. 
for the fact that I mean all of them except John yeah, yeah. abandoned yeah. Jesus at the cross yes. like in his moment of greatest need um, I'm sure they felt like horrible about that mm-hmm. and yet at the first news from the women that he wasn't in the tomb what does Peter do he runs to go find Jesus yes. and I love that that he wasn't scared to go find Jesus even after he denied Jesus three, three times, times out of fear really mm-hmm. And then abandoned him at mm-hmm. the cross. He still immediately, the first he knew that he had risen, wanted yeah. to go see him. And I think that just shows, I think, the difference of what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. if we have guilt or true, like, godly contrition over sin, like, our first knee-jerk response should be to run to Jesus. Yes. For his mercy. Because that's, yeah, that's where we find his mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think shame causes us to hide. Yes, yeah. it does. I'm not a theologian, but I'm just curious of like, what type of relationship, clearly Peter viewed Jesus different, even though they both denied Christ. But um, Judas, it resulted in him taking his life. Mm-hmm. But Peter wasn't so like, I need to go kill myself, mm-hmm. you know? And then like you said, he ran, even though he knew he did wrong, he was able to still engage with the Lord. Um, so I'm, I'm just, I don't know, that's a thought that I'm going to be pondering on. Yeah. Of the difference between Peter's relationship with yeah. Jesus and Judas's. Yeah. And, and like you said, um, with I think about 2 Corinthians 7, 10, where it says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings um, death. So that that comes to mind a lot of like guilt when you are say you have that combination because shame and guilt are like cousins too. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> they they come in pair like they come together sometimes. But if you're truly feeling like sorrowful about what you've done, if you have done something, or just the improper view that you had of yourself, mm-hmm. going to God and yeah. sincerely turning away because that's what repentance is is saying okay the way that i'm thinking or what i've done is wrong and i'm turning and i'm changing lord and accepting your forgiveness and then walking in it that's bringing life but if you just go on in that spiral of i'm not worthy of god's salvation and all this stuff it's going to lead to like darkness and death yeah in the end yeah i also think it's funny uh when Jesus restores Peter mm-hmm. and he asks him three times, yeah. which is so to parallel yeah. the three times he denied him. Mm-hmm. And after the second or third time, it says that Peter was hurt, yeah. that Jesus kept asking him, do you love me? And I think what's beautiful about that too is that Jesus was basically showing him like, do you love, like, I know you love me. Do you love me? I need you to hear you say it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to give you a calling. Yes. It's to go feed my lambs. And that I think a lot of times our shame holds us back from using our giftings mm. because we don't feel worthy or that we, yeah, that we have a right <laughs> to oh, yeah. do these things. And I think Jesus shows that he was empowering Peter as well by saying, do you love me? Yes okay, then here's this calling, mm-hmm. and I want this from you, even though you denied me, even though you yes. abandoned me. Yes, yeah, I can I can relate to that, because I think that on my, my journey out of shame into freedom, um, of 
receiving that calling at the same time and then and realizing like god is like you will move forward i need you to move and then still um moving forward in action is part of the healing too Mm. of the shame Mm -hmm. and just seeing oh yeah he has made me worthy and this is how he's gifted me Mm. and it's not about me (laughs) shocker (laughs) yeah me it's about him and I'm just like an instrument in his hand a beautiful instrument so yeah I was thinking about that question that you asked about what was the difference between the way that Peter saw Jesus and Judas and I feel like Peter actually like knew who the person of Jesus was Mm -hmm. and had grown in such a relationship with him that he knew that Jesus would accept him back with mercy and love and actually came to know the person of Jesus and God the Father through the person of Jesus, yes. where Judas allowed his shame and probably, I mean, lies from the devil oh, to really yes. cloud, just like in the garden, to cloud his vision, like, nope, you need to hide yourself from God, you need mm-hmm. to run because God's wrath is coming after you and yeah. he can never forgive you. And that's a huge part of our journey of healing is coming to have a clearer view and the truth of who God is and who yes. Jesus is yes. and knowing that we can go to him no matter what and that he is a merciful and loving father and that Jesus is there to show us the merciful and loving and love of the father, the father. Yeah. and that's one of the most beautiful parts of healing as we start to see ourselves more clearly and we see God more clearly yes we do and that relationship mm-hmm. yeah Good answer. Okay. <laughs> that is not a sufficient answer. Oh, no. <laughs> There's a lot more there, but. <laughs> For on the spot. That was really good. Oh, yes, it was. It was. So you mentioned at the beginning that you do women's ministry at church. Yes. I do women's ministry with Danielle. And she's yeah. amazing. <laughs> I've read your magazine. I've read your blog post. Yeah. We're trying. You know? We're trying to do something. It's building. It's small, but it's, it's small. building. It's building. Yeah. But as you do ministry with these women and, you know, plan things, and then you're also going through this own, your own personal journey yeah. out of mm-hmm. shame and freedom, how have you seen shame maybe uniquely affecting women? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the main thing is hindering their relationship with the Lord, where so many women that I'm walking along with, they're just like, I'm dealing with this, but... I can't even go to God. He he won't accept me. And I'm like, no, 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 he will. <laughs> Please go. So it's just like stunting their growth mm-hmm. with the Lord. Um, it's in, impacting like all areas of their lives where yeah. it's not just uh, impacting their relationship with God, but their relationship with others mm-hmm. where they project a lot of um, their insecurities on others and people who are genuinely trying yes. to love them. Mm. They shut it down or they misinterpret it because of the shame. Mm. Um, I think it also feeds into um, worsening sometimes your mental health. Yeah. When if you if you don't take your thoughts captive, because so much of shame is the thoughts. Mm. So it's so important when God's like be transformed in the renewing of your mind that that happens. So just causing women to go into deeper depression. Mm. Um, because of that um i think mothers as as, even as a mother as myself but seeing it in other mothers when you're not dealing with your shame you then project that onto your children and shame them Mm. and um cause unnecessary fears that was a wake-up call for me like wait a minute if i don't surrender this to the lord then i'm gonna be raising boys who are carrying shame that they don't need to carry Mm. so i've seen that in a lot of different other women um 
women who, if they have a lot of sexual sin, it just it impacts their purity and mm. their um their ability to really believe that God can purify them. And it doesn't even have to do necessarily with sexual sin. It could be with, with anything. They just struggle with that belief of like, God has really cleansed me and made me new. That's, I, it's an identity crisis with mm. women. That's, that's the, I think that's the number one thing I encounter is identity crisis. Yeah. I think both of yeah. us can relate to that. Yeah, I can't relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah. Not, yeah. At all. not me. No, no. never. I'm sure it's tough. No, <laughs> yeah. I definitely think, um, I just, I was thinking about the anatomy of a wound that I learned on my healing retreat. Mm. And we talk so much about shame, but like at the core is like, you know, they have like their core wound. And from that wound comes lies about yourself yes. and then judgments about others mm -hmm. also from the wound. And then from that, um, we make these vows to like protect ourselves, Ooh, but they're so vows that are made out of fear, not out of love. <sighs> like out of love and making our wedding vows, these you know vows that God's made with us, but um, they're made out of fear. And I was just thinking in your story, like we are hurt in these ways. And then we make these vows like, well, I'm gonna protect myself or like, I'm gonna never feel abandoned again. I'm never gonna feel this again. And then there's like that ungodly self-reliance we have of like, I'm gonna yes. make this happen. And then we start to act in these different ways yeah. that cause more shame. And like Megan said later, it's like a snowball. Um, but like you were saying, like we have all these lies that we think about ourselves that come from these wounds mm -hmm. and then judgments that we project onto other people that come from these wounds. And that's a big part of it is like taking these thoughts captive and actually examining them in the light of God and okay, like what actually is true here or what's yeah. come from this deep place of woundedness that I didn't even realize I was making these vows or making these judgments. Because yes. often it happens when you're young and so mm -hmm. you don't even realize and then you're living your life through the lens of these lies of this wound yeah and a lot of it is just like untangling and finding what's actually true true yep and um it's a process <laughs> yeah. it is a process you reminded me i heard i'm probably gonna butcher this i hope i don't but i think the thing that i've learned with shame is like part of the freedom of it is not being ashamed of the fact yeah. that you have shame yeah. yeah so i talked a lot about my dad but he is one of the main reasons why i started the podcast because i talked mm. about my shame of what i experienced and just it's not like a huge podcast or anything, but I've had women reach out to me and they're like, I'm so thankful mm. for you sharing your journey. So the quote that I wanted to share, um, I think it's by a man named Daniel Henderson. I was at a retreat and he talked about how our scars are um, open wounds that become tender scabs. And mm. if we let God, they'll become empowered scars. Mm. I mean, no, did I say, no, no, I said that wrong. I think it's um, open wounds, tender scabs yeah and an empowered wound mm. uh empowered scars right, i'm just messing it up y'all but i know what you're saying though both of us were like mm, yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like i'm saying it wrong <laughs> but then it that is like yes if we allow mm. god to deal with the the open wound of mm. our shame and it's going to get tender as it scabs over but one day, and sometimes we pick the scab yeah, off and it has to re-scab. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then the scar is there. Yeah. And I'm learning that my scars are beautiful. Mm. Like Jesus' scars are beautiful. Exactly. Like when he returned, like I, I mean, when he um when he was raised from the dead, he could have erased those scars, but they were there. He invited Thomas to touch them. Mm. You know, and it's like we need to allow people to come touch our wounds and allow them to be but but we need to get 
get to the point where God has empowered those wounds. So we're then not projecting and wounding people mm. because we haven't fully healed. And I'm, I mean, the healing is continual. Yeah. But. That's, um, that's the exact image that we started our whole retreat out with. This wow. retreat I wanted was Jesus, um, Jesus asking Thomas and Thomas sticking his hand in the wound and him being like, oh, like that, that's yes. exact. That's what we started reflecting on and just how we're so ashamed of our wounds. And Jesus mm-hmm. is like, I'm not ashamed of mine. Like here yeah. are my wounds. Like you can touch mine. Like, please let me touch your wounds and like come and bring glory from your wounds and come closer to you in those yeah. places because Paul says like it's in our greater weakness our greatest weaknesses that God comes God's greatest glory yes yes yeah yeah and I love how you said like those scars basically they should be memories of the redemption mm. that has taken place in our life yeah. yes and those are scars we should boast in because we're boasting of what the Lord has done for us. Mm-hmm. Yes. And exactly. that can be so healing mm-hmm. for other people to hear, oh, the Lord restored you in that way. That gives me hope and encouragement. Like you were saying on your retreat, hearing the stories of the the brothers with their father. Gosh, like hearing yeah. this that there was this restoration that mm-hmm. happened gives us hope for restoration in our own lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as we're talking about becoming unashamed and free, <laughs> how do we get to that point? Ooh, um, I think the first thing is you need to bring the shame to the light, which is the most terrifying thing yeah. because it's kind of counter, it seems counterproductive because you want to hide it. But one thing I learned about the podcast when I did it, I used to sit there and you're in the room by yourself, but I would be terrified of like sharing my story. I remember the first episode that went out, my husband posted it on his social social media and I was like, why did you do that? (laughs) Why did you share that? But it was freeing. It was like, oh, uh, darkness doesn't have a hold any longer. So I think the first step is bringing it to the light. So how do you do that? You may not do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) but ways that you can bring it to the light is number one just having the courage to just bring it to the lord and just because he sees all he knows exactly what you're going through so that and you could do that in a lot of different ways like i knew i wrote a lot because it sounds really weird but i couldn't actually verbally in my prayers say to god Mm -hmm. this is the shame that i'm feeling but then when i would write it was just like pouring out Mm-hmm. So that was a way of connection. Uh, I think another way you could bring it to the light is with a trust, trusted, trusted mm-hmm. friend. Yeah. I emphasize that. Like, it's got to be, I would say a trusted, godly friend if you have one. Even if you don't have a godly friend, if, if someone is just, tr- they're trustworthy, share that. Because um, people who are trustworthy normally have empathy mm-hmm. and they're, they're willing to listen. And it's healing to just get it out. If you have access to a counselor, um, especially depending on where the shame is from. Mm. It may need to really be worked out in the, in the set of um, count, uh, counseling. Um, attacking the lies is another way mm-hmm. that you can um, start that process of um, being unashamed and free and renewing your mind. There's so many tools. Um, I love Barb Raveling. She has yes. several books on mm. renewing the mind. Um, one is actually called Renewing the Mind. Yeah. <laughs> one is Rally. And it. T- I can't remember the subtitle, but it walks you through like a very practical way where it's like, this is what I, this is the situation. These are the feelings and the emotions. Because a lot of time with shame, we're feeling things and we think it's truth. And it's not. Yeah. And sometimes it is true. But it, it, this pro- process of rally helps you to just differentiate that. 
Um, so definitely attacking the lies with truth. Jackie, you mentioned understanding the character of God. That hands down was the game changer for me. Like when I, cause I've been a Christian since I was 16. So I'm 36, good Lord, that's 20 years yeah. of walking with the Lord. But um, I don't know how old I was when I started the podcast, but I started this book, Who Do You Say That I Am? I like tell so many people about it. Yeah. We're about to give it away at our women's yep. <laughs> But it went through the I am statements of Jesus. Mm. Like I am the bread of life, I am the resurrection. And what it did was like debunk misconceptions I have about Jesus. Cause that's the thing too with shame. Like sometimes you just have false ideas of who God is. Mm. So going through that, it first took the focus off of me and put it on my creator and helped me to understand who he is. Um, there's another book that I used, Jesus and Women. And mm -hmm. it just talked about um, how Jesus took women um, from their place of shame and generous, generously lifted them up. And you just read all these examples of Jesus interacting with women. And it's just like, wow, look at, like the woman at the well. I, I told Megan about this. I'm like, that story is so not preached properly. Yep. Where you're learn, you hear that about this woman who's quote unquote promiscuous and like, you. She has five husbands. She has five she's husbands. Just been, like divorcing She's them. just loosey yeah. goosey, like all this stuff. <laughs> But then when you really read it in context, you're like, yeah. wait a minute, women couldn't really ask for a divorce. They didn't have certain rights. And when Jesus comes, he's not condemning her. He's actually drawing her out and saying, I see your pain. And mm. and he's talking theology, all these wonderful things with her. So anyway, so just understanding the character of God um, and then studying it in his word. Like I love mm. Psalm 139, Ephesians. If you read the book of Ephesians, it's so much on that. Um, practicing self-compassion and grace also doing kind of a, a biblical study on grace because mm -hmm. so much of the shame is thinking that God doesn't have grace for you he does yeah. so just having like compassion for yourself and then knowing that it's a journey like it's not just gonna be like a one and done it's taking me years like if you sat down and interview with me interview me like first season of my podcast I would have this would have been a different conversation. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that five years from now, it'll be a different conversation too. And then um, the other thing is just like moving forward in courage. So you know how you talked about Peter and Megan and how God, uh, Jesus, well, they're the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do this. I'm like, you know, God, yeah. <laughs> the Trinity. Um, that guy. That yeah. guy. <laughs> how Jesus was like, Do you love me? And he, but he gives him a calling. So just moving forward in your calling, like being able to move forward, not just with the podcast, but with women's ministry has helped in mm. that, that, that journey. And then, um, just resting, like, cause with shame, you strive, yeah, <laughs> you strive yeah. so bad. So just understanding when you understand who God is, who you're, who you are in him and his grace, you're able to just rest. So even when I have shame come up, and I, I may feel it for like a day or two, and then it, and then I'm like, wait a minute, who is God? I can come to you. I can talk to you about this. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm your daughter. You created me before the foundations of the earth. Like I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay. Um, all right. I know your grace covers me. Like I know that I I fell, but you're you're giving your giving me your hand to like pick, say take my hand. Let's get back up. Okay. He's dusting the dirt off of me yeah. he's clothing me okay let's move forward and then wait i don't have to strive i can rest 
I can play. I can play. Yeah. I can yeah. play. So this sounds so weird, but I find myself like being more creative in ways and just enjoying life more mm. um, through that. So that was a lot, but. That was great. It's just like your shirt, abide. Abide. Yes. Yes. <laughs> abide in God versus striving. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I also That's love beautiful. how really like the foundation for becoming unashamed and free is knowing who Jesus is. Oh, mm. yes. And I think a lot of times we struggle to go to Jesus with our shame because we sort of project on him mm -hmm. the worst reaction we've gotten from a human. Mm -hmm. So we went to someone with our shame and it wasn't received well. They weren't a trusted person. They didn't um, either hold it with honor or maybe they, it caused gossip, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. And we project that experience sort of onto God mm -hmm. instead of taking him at his word that he is merciful, that he is gracious. Yes. And I love going through the I am statements of Jesus yes. um, to just refocus on, well, who is Jesus? Mm -hmm. Who am I going to mm -hmm. with this shame? I think that is so foundational because how can we even go to Jesus if we don't know who he is? We don't know. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest, so many people don't know who Jesus is. And if I'm, I think I knew a part of who he was in the beginning of my Christian walk, but I didn't understand. Yeah. And I'm learning more. I think it's yeah. something that we, will, we won't fully understand it until we die and behold his face. And we're like, mm -hmm. oh my God. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I mean, it just is so, I'm like, man, he is so gracious. If he can forgive Peter for denying him, if he can take Saul and make him Paul yeah. and do this, like, why do I think that he's going to withhold that grace from me? Mm -hmm. So then you start to pray and bring it to God like, well, you did this for him, so I'm asking you to do it for me. And you said in your word in 1 John that if, we're, if I confess my sins, you're faithful and just to yeah. forgive me and cleanse me of all my unrighteousness, so God cleanse me. Mm -hmm. And then think about it, I'm going to sit here and wait until you cleanse me. I'm not going to get up and do my own thing. I'm gonna wait for your time frame mm. and your timeline mm. and let you fully wash me. Mm. Just wash me. There's like times where my kids go out, I got boys, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're just dirty and just, you know, I think about times where they're just like in the dirt and just muddy and everything. <laughs> and it, the shower time, the bath time is not like a, quick wash up sometimes. Sometimes it's like, okay, I need to scrub up in here. It's going to take some time. And that's how it is with the Lord. Yeah. Sometimes, and it's not like a, I think the thing about God, we think he's so angry. He's scrubbing hard and angry. Like, <laughs> no, he actually is like, come here. And with gentleness, 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 saying, let me wash you. You know what that made me think of? One of my favorite books in the Narnia series mm -hmm. is The Don Treader. And there's a scene where Eustace, one of the boys, he, um, out of greed, he goes and he tries to steal all this treasure. And he puts on this bracelet and he doesn't know it's enchanted and it turns him into a dragon. Oh. So he's separated from all his friends because he's a dragon and he can't talk and he doesn't, they don't know who he is. So they're scared of him and yeah. they're all running from him. And so mm -hmm. he's alone and there's all these like heartbreaking scenes where he's like crying as this like dragon and then there's this moment where he meets Aslan mm -hmm. who is supposed to be a representation of Jesus and there's a well and Aslan digs his claws into his like scaly flesh and starts tearing at him and then he says go wash yourself in the well and wow. he does but there's still dragon skin 
And he's like, what? Like thinking that was going to be it. And he comes out and Aslan's like, no, we have to do it again. And he rips off another layer of skin. And it happens a few times until finally he gets into the water and washes off and he realizes he's a boy again. And it's such a beautiful picture of what you're saying, Mm -hmm. too, of like a lot of times we we feel frustrated because we're like, God, I went to you. Like I did the thing you wanted me to do. Like, why aren't I healed? Why aren't I free? Why aren't I clean? And he's like, well, because I still have to rip off another layer of that mm-hmm. skin. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you're just supposed to be keep coming back. Like, that's yeah. all I'm asking of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. Yeah. And Jesus, he wants a relationship with us. Mm-hmm. It's not us just running to him and being like, okay, Jesus, like, fix me and take away the pain. Yeah. <laughs> um, we think healing is, it's healing is not taking away the pain as quickly as possible. It's becoming into fullness and unity and communion with God. Yeah. And that's building a relationship with him. And it's often in that journey of healing that we come closer and closer to Jesus and that's in the end all that matters all is that matters. Uh, that's the goal is to become as closely united to the Trinity to, to Christ as possible and that's often how Jesus does it is out of our wounds yeah mm-hmm. yeah and I think um lastly it just it took me a while to realize that I wanted a relationship with him because mm-hmm. if I'm honest I just wanted his healing yeah. I didn't want his friendship I didn't want that deep intimacy but the more that I got to know him. Yeah. Man. I just, I'm like, he is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like, he's the, he's amazing. And I can't even put it into words who he is. He's the closest friend I've ever had. He's the best father. Mm-hmm. He's just everything. And... I think that's the the driving thing for me. Something that I try to instill in my kids, like the relationship piece. And just realizing like, man, at one point I didn't. I just wanted his healing. Mm. And it's like, it's like the lepers that Jesus healed. And they all leave except the one. Because they just wanted the healing. But the other one, he he wanted more. Mm -hmm. So I guess the question to ask yourself in your shame is, what do you want? Do you want temporary healing? Or do you want, like, lasting fulfillment in Christ? Mm. I think that's a good thing to end on. That's a good thing to end on. Yeah. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you for sharing your story Mm. and being vulnerable. It was beautiful. Yeah. And I love your podcast. Just all that you've shared on there. I know that sharing your journey of healing and just your struggles has really helped me in my own journey, my own story. And it's just, it's beautiful. Mm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That just... (sighs) I think that's the the that's such a gift because I remember being like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, what? That's is what this? we feel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what am I doing? And I mean, I still t- sometimes feel it, but it's just like, wow, God, you would take this journey and the fact that I still struggle to mm-hmm. to encourage another sister, like, and even men, because I have men on the podcast too. It's just it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. Redemption. Redemption. God. Restoration. Can redeem anything yeah. if we just let him in. He'll do it. Look, even if we don't yeah. want to let him in, he's still, still going to redeem. Still gonna redeem. He's like, yeah. I'm coming for you. I know. That's true. <laughs> That's the beautiful thing. So thank yeah. you, Adam, Adam, where are you? Where are you? Yeah. He, comes. he comes after yes, us. He does. After yeah. Us. Yeah. yeah. So y'all, y'all do such a wonderful job, and I feel equally about y'all. Just so many of your podcasts I need to listen to more but I just when I listen I'm like wow it's so good and healing for me too so thank Mm. you for what you do 
Well, hey, everyone, take Danielle's advice and go out and find a trusted person to open up maybe just about one area Mm -hmm. that you've been struggling with. I think that's a good good goal to have as we walk into this next week. Yeah. And don't be afraid to talk about it. Yeah.